Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, week four is upon us. How are you doing? You ready to pick some games? I am. Uh, some of these games this weekend, in fact, a lot of these games this weekend make me really uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of these lines. When I first started looking at it, I was like, ooh, I don't know about that. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. I don't uh, eh. And then before you know it, you're three quarters of the way through the ACC schedule. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. At some point, you think you're going to get to something that you like, and I'm still kind of working on getting there. So. Yeah. I got a couple. I got a couple. Yeah. We'll see but... how this goes. Some of it's kind of matchup driven. Others are kind of number driven that just I don't know what to think. So we are going to talk those out and try to, you know, try to try to give the people some insight on maybe what to do if they just do decide to place a couple wagers. And maybe if they just want to know what to watch for in some of these games, we're going to we're going to give them something to, to look for. Uh, Mike, we we come to the week. I want to give a quick update on these Van Gorder coin balances we got going on. Uh, I am down. I'm very much down, but I, this is a this is an intentional planned move as I find myself at a nice 420 Van Gorder coin. Very nice. Yeah, thank you. Um, 420. So we're down a little bit, but but we were up 1595 last week. So we're we're getting it back. We're working back towards even. We're gonna get there. I promise. Uh, Mike, you have already gotten back there. Uh, yeah, I'm good. 50470. Uh, you were also plus fifteen oh five last week, so I made up ninety cents, basically less than a dollar, uh, less than a a single coin on you. So you uh, you continue to lead the race here. So we'll uh, we'll see if you can keep that up here coming into this week. Yep, should be fun. Feeling good. We'll feel, I'm out. feeling good about this, Joey. So far, I'm, I'm feeling real good about this. Yeah, I was about to be really mad last week when uh, when Virginia Tech was in the red zone, ready to score to win that game over West Virginia, where. I think I texted you at one point. I was like, what on God's green earth is it that you do that every it seems like every time, Mike, that we disagree on picks, yours wins. I don't know how or why that is. I don't yeah. know. You know, I need I need to figure that out. But anyways, and quite, quite frequently, it'll be about Virginia Tech. <laughs> Often. Yes. <laughs> I just have a pulse, man. Just have a pulse. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing a pulse that with of the you. program, not not just the pulse in general. I'm not. Totally pooping on you, being his podcaster. You do have one of those, you know. Yeah. But, anyways, uh, Mike, let's get into previewing some of these games. And as always, all of the spreads and totals that you hear tonight are provided to you by BetUS.com. Mike's America's favorite sports book. Uh, they got betting on all things NCAA football. Uh, they got spreads, totals, team totals, money lines. You can do parlays, reverse them. Tease them. You can do all sorts of things uh, with, with betting, not only college football, but they've also got you know betting on baseball, the NFL, uh, current events and politics, anything that you want to bet, go bet all of it at BetUS.com. Mike, use promo code GOACC with your first deposit of at least $100, and you will get a 125% deposit bonus. Go put in 100, 100 bucks, you'll get to bet on you know with 225 bucks. That's pretty good. Yeah, you can bet on games like we do. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can make your Van Gorder coin back at just as we do. So uh, go check out BetUS.com. Once again, use promo code GOACC to get a 125% bonus on your first deposit of at least $100. BetUS.com. It's America's favorite sports book. Been in business over 30 years. They are the preferred partner of the Basketball Conference podcast. Mike, 
we have a pair of, I think, very interesting games on Friday night. So that's where we're going to start. Uh, first off, it's 7 o'clock on Friday night on ESPN2. The Wake Forest Steaming Deeks on the road in Charlottesville taking on the Virginia Cavaliers. The Deeks are a four-point underdog. Total is 68 and a half. How are we feeling about this? You you, uh, you had the lead on the scoreboard, Mike, so uh, I'll let you take first honors here on the tee box. Yeah, Wayne Tulipapa had negative yards rushing last weekend at a touchdown, and we were uh, informed by one of our listeners that he left the game injured, which I missed. Uh, I also missed. But when you look at the box score and you see Wayne Tulipapa's stat line, Injured or not, it usually does. He puts up like no yards and occasionally by the goal line. That's the way he does. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a yards per carry average of under two is not necessarily indicative of an injury with him. So just in total fairness. But yes, I, I completely right. missed that he was injured and I hope that he is making a full recovery. Yes, of course. That part goes without saying. Mm -hmm. It's really just an opportunity for me to just let you know that he's not a very good running back. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, I'm on wake here. I'm on wake outright Ooh. money line uh i just think they are the more balanced team it is a short week on the road you beat florida state by three scores handily virginia should have your full attention though you know um this is a virginia team that defensively has a lot of issues and the depth of those issues, I think we're going to really figure out here over the coming weeks. And I think Wake Forest is a pretty good litmus test to really see how bad or just just how mediocre this Virginia defense really is. I'm not totally sure that Virginia is as big of a mess defensively as they showed last weekend against North Carolina. You'll remember, Joey, that Virginia was actually hanging in there defensively for the entire first half, not that North Carolina wasn't scoring points, but they were hanging in there. It was really that third quarter that got a little bit out of hand where all of a sudden Carolina started kind of piling up touchdowns possession by possession. That's where yep. the game slipped away from Virginia a little bit. I'm not totally sure that while, while I think Virginia's defense is certainly the weaker unit of, of the three, right. But with special teams and offensive defense, I, I while I think defense is, is the weak, the weaker unit, at least between the offense and the defense, we're really going to find out here if this Virginia defense is as bad as it looked against Carolina. And Wake Forest is a really good test because they're balanced. They run the ball well. They throw the ball well. They have weapons on the outside. They have a good offensive line, and they're really well coached. So this is a really, really a huge litmus test for me to see where Virginia is at defensively. Offensively, I think Virginia can certainly score some points here. Um, Wake Forest has a has a decent defense, not a great defense, but a decent enough defense. Um, but, you know, Wake Forest also hasn't been pushed really yet. Virginia was pushed last week against Carolina. Wake hasn't really been pushed yet. But I think Wake is the better football team here. Mm -hmm. So I'm on Wake Forest. Virginia's got the best player in this game. And, and Brennan Armstrong, he's ACC player of the year good. I mean, he's he's been the best quarterback, forget in the ACC, he's been the best quarterback in the ACC so far this year, but he's also been one of the best quarterbacks in college football, and any statistic you look at backs that up. I mean, he's been really, really good. He's completing 70% of his passes. Um, he's throwing it all over the yard. He's run the ball a little bit. He's been really good, but I just think that Wake Forest is a more balanced team. I'm taking him to win here. 
Um, I'm also on the over here. I think there are going to be some points scored, like I mentioned. So I'm on Wake in the over. I'm going to put, uh, it's not a real high degree of confidence. This thing could get shoot out. He could go either direction. Virginia's at home. But I'm going to go with uh, 10 Van Gorder coin on the money line pick for Wake Forest. I'm going to put 20 on the over. Um, if I'm betting, actually betting on this game with your own money, I think I would bet the over before I bet the spread here, Joey. Yeah, so that's yeah. just out there for the listeners. If you really do want to bet on this game, I think I'm I think I'm betting the total before the spread. That was my thought. Is is that I, I'm with you. I'm on Wake in the over. I'm I, I'm I'm going to take Wake in the points. I don't think I, I don't think I'm going to pick them outright. I think Virginia wins this game outright um, as the home team. But I think it, it, four points is not a lot. But I could see this being like a 41-38 kind of game. And, uh, you know, that, that hits the over by a few points. And, and once again, the total is 68 and a half. So it's a pretty high total, but I think it even gets past that, you know. Um, Let me do this. Let me do this real quick. I don't mean to cut you off. Mm-hmm. Let me do this. Let me, revi- let me revise something real quick. Can I put 10 Van Gorder coin on Wake Forest covering and then five on a separate money line bet for Wake Forest? That's what I'm going to do. And it makes it harder for you to calculate because you're the keeper of the books on this year's <laughs> podcast. Our podcast accountant. Ironically, I am the accountant by trade, but you are the accountant on this podcast. <laughs> what we're <laughs> saying is we're I both good at spreadsheets. Be, yes. Well, you know, we're we're both well versed, right? Yeah. So there you go. Yes. Uh, yeah. We'll we'll figure out how to how to calculate that out. No problem. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. I. Um, so it's interesting to me because this game, I think, is a matchup between the two, like sneaky dark horse teams in the ACC. And I don't mean dark horse like might win the ACC or, yes. or win their own divisions, but like the two teams that are probably a lot better than a lot of the public realizes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm I'm not as bullish on Brennan Armstrong as you are. Um, I, I mean, he had, he's had great numbers in those three games, but if we kind of include some context of – I mean, the UNC game, he piled up. They're playing. Yeah, well, and and, I mean, the first two games were really easy competition. The third game, he piled up like 200 of his 550 yards as they were down multiple scores. Like, so it's a little a little bit of like empty calories kind of yards. Um, And and again, not to poo poo on him or, or, you know, act like he's not doing anything. He's been really good. I just just because he's done it so far, I don't know that he's going to keep it up for another nine games, you know, Um so that's that's all I'm saying. Can he do it against Wake Forest? I think he can. Yeah, I think he can. Yeah, I think he can. I think he can. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I expect this to get kind of shootouty, kind of pointy, as they mm-hmm. say. Um, so I'm with you. Give me. Uh, let's go 15 Van Gorder pesos on the over. Uh, I'm going to leave the spread alone because I, I mean, I could see Virginia win this game by 10 points. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that's out of the question at all. Um, you know, so I, I'm going to leave the spread alone, but yeah, 15 on the over. You have 10 on Wake to cover, five on Wake to win outright, and 20 on the over. So yeah, you love are, the over. You're invested in this game here. I am invested on this game. Yeah, this is one of my favorite games of the weekend in the ACC. So gotta gotta bet heavy on it. So I I would recommend watching this. I, this is going to be yes. a good a good TV show if nothing else. Yeah, I mean this could be back to back Fridays of really good ACC football. Yep. Yep. All right, 
There you go. Uh, moving on, Mike. An hour later at 8 o'clock on the ACC Network, the coveted 8 p.m. Friday slot on the ACC Network. The Liberty Flames on the road in the Carrier Dome taking on the Syracuse Orange. Uh, Mike, our Orange are a six-point home dog. Uh, total is 52 and a half. Uh, are we feeling okay about Syracuse as a weeknight home dog? Nope. Liberty. Liberty's pick. Uh, can Syracuse stop Malik Willis for four quarters? Mm. Liberty's been a little bit underwhelming so far this year, so like I don't, I don't know that they're necessarily like fully weaponized at this point. So if it's if if Liberty looked like they did, you know, in the back half of last season, no, I don't think so. No, not at all. But based on what they've looked like so far, it's been sort of, eh, it's, you know, they haven't lost, but they haven't been particularly good either. What I'm most interested in seeing here, not to like totally pivot to the other side of the football, but what I'm interested in seeing here is if Syracuse can continue to find an identity offensively through the running game with Sean Tucker, that has been their calling card in the first three games of the year. And mm-hmm. it's worked out pretty well for them. I'm interested to see if that continues. Yep. Um, if they're able to just kind of find an identity and figure it out at quarterback, which, you know, Dino, he's shuffling his quarterbacks right now. I mean, he's going into press conferences saying, yeah, I mean, I'll let you know when the team knows as far as who's going to be starting. I mean, the Tommy DeVito thing has just been just big picture has been a disaster for Syracuse. I mean, think about the, how we thought he was going to come in and just step right in and be this great quarterback after Eric Dungy left and graduated. Uh, you know, DeVito had filled in a few different times and we saw how he was able to play. Mm-hmm. And I just, it's been a disaster. And Dino is just trying to find a quarterback there. I'm, I'm on Liberty here. I have no idea what to do with this total. Um, I, I guess I lean. Oh man, fifty-two and a half is a good total. I will lean under. No confidence. I'm not putting anything on this game. Yeah. Uh, I just. <sighs> we warned the people in the intro. Like, know. there's a number of these games that we we don't have a good feel for. You know, relative to the numbers and and the teams playing. Like, and this is one of them. Like. I mean, so far this year, Liberty has beaten Campbell, an FCS team, Troy by eight, and Old Dominion last week. And yep. I mean, that was that was an eleven point game at halftime, and you know, then they shut him out in the second half. Like, what what do I do with that? I don't know. How does that translate to Syracuse? SP Plus right. has Liberty winning this game by six point eight. So like. You know, that's that's barely a point different, you know, from this. Like, there's nothing here telling me one way or the other that this isn't, like, almost a perfect number from a spread standpoint. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think I'm on Liberty in the over here. I, I think Liberty's able to cover, you know, win and cover this game fairly comfortably. Um, I, I think it could get a little pointsy. I think, if anything, Syracuse is going to be a little better on offense than they are on defense. And I think they're going to score a couple of their own points, if nothing else. But... Um, I, I could see Liberty winning this game something like 34 to 20 and, and you could have like a, a backdoor cover kind of situation too from uh, well not a backdoor maybe not a backdoor cover but a backdoor like over <laughs> situation where 
you know, Syracuse scores something in garbage time um, to, to put it over the total. So that's, that's where I'm at, but I'm, I'm, I'm with you on saying, I don't want to, I don't want to put any, uh, any of my harder and fang order pesos on this either. No, thanks. Yeah. I'm almost just, you're almost just more inclined to just say with poor value as a six point favorite, just being like, all right, Liberty money line and be done with it. Not even just betting this spread because I, I have a hard time seeing Syracuse win this game, Joey, you know, like, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really see the path for Syracuse to just outright win this game. And maybe that's a dumb thing for me to say because it's a six point spread, but I just don't, I have a hard time envisioning that happening. I mean, put it this way, I if you told me right now that Syracuse is going to cover this spread, I would just go throw you know a bet on Syracuse plus one ninety five outright. Yeah, that's fair. If they keep it close, I think they probably are going to win outright. I just I just don't know that I can trust them at this point to keep it close against what this Liberty team has become. Right, that's fair. I mean, just go with the. I mean, just play it safe. Go with a good quarterback play and roll Malik Willis. Right. Yeah, and he's a guy that's going to probably be drafted within the first couple rounds here in in May of next year, April or yep. whenever. So, um that's <laughs> him or Tommy DeVito? I'll take him. Yeah, I mean Dino's not even sure he wants to pick Tommy DeVito, so. <laughs> yeah, definitely take Willis. Very true. Very true. Uh, Liberty in the over for me, Liberty in the under for you, Mike. Moving on to Saturday, 3:30 on ESPN. The number nine Clemson Tigers. It's been a while since we've seen a number that big next to the game. Right. The number nine Clemson Tigers, a 10 point favorite on the road in Raleigh, taking on the NC State Wolfpack. Total is 47 and a half. Uh, if anything, first off, give me the under here because I, I think this is going to be maybe another, just another rock fight that, unless we see something, until we see something different from Clemson's offense, until further notice. I mean, I think Clemson's going to be winning games like 20 to 10 and, and stuff like this. Like they've really got to get something going and we have not seen anything close to it yet. Clemson, lock it up. Oh, you better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Locked. Yeah. Sorry. I caught you off guard there, didn't I? You did. Yeah. I had to scramble and get to the button there. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> That's that's what editing podcasts for, right? Uh, <laughs> What's editing? Yeah, yeah. Editor, I hardly know her. Uh, so, <laughs> I, I, I'm, here's why I'm on Clemson. All right, yeah. Let me let me explain to you why I'm on Clemson here. Okay, so NC State went on the road to Starkville to take on Mississippi State a few weeks ago, and a couple weeks ago, I guess it was week two. And they did not look particularly good. I was on NC State to win that game outright. And NC State really had a hard time dealing with Mississippi State's defensive line interior pressure up front. I wonder, and Clemson's had a big injury to defensive line. Tyler Davis is out for a while. He won't be playing in this game. We'll be playing for several weeks. Um, So that injury is significant for Clemson's defensive line. With that being said, Clemson's defensive line has a lot of depth to it, and it's the strongest unit on their team, in my opinion. Um, And they got a a unit there up front that I think is better than what any state saw against Mississippi State. Oh, yeah. Now, now, the the question is, how much of NC State's issues up front are related to 
in the Mississippi State game specifically are related to, okay, we're on the road. We can't hear anything. Right now, that's a tough play. And the reason why I bring that up is Mississippi State's a pretty tough place to go play. You got the cowbells, you got a lot of stuff going on there. Cadences are really difficult for the quarterbacks. It's very difficult to go on the road and play there if you're not a regularly scheduled opponent in the SEC. Uh, used to which it. you're not used to it. So that's a tough game for NC State because they're not going there, you know, once every couple of years to go play in Starkville. They are not used to that atmosphere. So I'm interested to see how much of NC State's issues in that game, uh, especially running to football, are related to that and the fact the offensive line just couldn't really communicate versus Mississippi State just overpowering uh, NC State's offensive line. I think it's probably a little bit of both. We're going to find out on Saturday. That's the one thing that really gives me pause. Number one is NC State's ability with the offensive line to consistently beat Clemson's defensive line that is really freaking good. And I don't have a lot of faith in Clemson's offense. How could you right now? They put up 14 points against Georgia Tech. No offense to Georgia Tech, Joey, but they lose to Northern Illinois at home in in week one, and now Clemson can't score touchdowns on them, right? So the offense is in shambles at Clemson at the moment. That's not offensive. That's factual. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's true. The The way I look at it is Clemson's offense needs to get right at some point. You know? At some point, they got to figure it out. Is going on the road to rally the spot I don't know, Joey. Maybe it's not. But the way I look at it is I think that Clemson's defense is going to hold NC State down long enough where, in my opinion, it's going to be really difficult for NC State to set up the passing game for Devin Leary. Bam Knight is a really good running back. He's one of the best running backs in the ACC. He's a really talented player. But if Clemson shuts that down for as – Good as I think Devin Leary can be, I'm not sure that he can throw the ball on this Clemson defense consistently for four quarters to cover the spread. I think he could turn the ball over a couple times. I think Clemson, you know, Clemson gets it on a short field. Ten points doesn't end up being that much anymore if NC State makes a couple of mistakes against a really good Clemson defense. So yeah. that's why I'm on Clemson here. I th- I think I'm with you and the concern for me, like, I, I'm I am ready to pick against Clemson in some of these games. I mean, with the way that they've looked so far and the way the season has gone, I mean, the level of the level of incon- inconsistency that we've seen from some of these traditional superpowers. Um, you know, if you want to read more about that, you can go check out my article from today at, from the RumbleSeat.com. Uh, just a little. It was be good. Little little plug in there for you. Um, I, I mean. I'm ready to pick against Clemson. My problem is what we've seen from NC State so far was they shellacked a bad USF team. They shellacked a bad Furman team, an FCS Furman team. And then they kind of got shellacked by a Mississippi State team that, I, I, I mean, Clemson's probably a better version of, NC, of of Mississippi State. They're better on defense, probably better on offense. I, I mean, and, and <laughs> NC State struggled to keep that within three scores. I mean... And, and well, they racked up 300 and some yards of offense in that. Well, a lot of that was in the fourth quarter as they were down three scores. I mean, I just – they didn't get anything going on offense at all. And if they couldn't do that against Mississippi State, even coming home, you know, not having to play in that environment, I just don't know what you're going to do against Clemson. I, I, I don't know. It, it took all they had to get, again, a little over 300 yards of offense there against Mississippi State. So – 
I, I don't think that Clemson is going to be able to run away with this game. I don't think this is going to be a blowout. Like I said, I am very passionate, if anything, in this game about the under. 47 is not – 47, 47 and a half is not a lot of points. But, you know, if even if Clemson scores like 27 to 30 points, I don't know how much they're giving up to NC State. Clemson hadn't given up an offensive touchdown the whole game – or the, sorry, the whole season – so I just I don't know what to do with it and and I mean I'll take the under and I think at some point Mike if 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 we're watching an ACC game here and you're giving me the chance to pick Clemson and only give 10 points I kind of think I got to take it. So give me Clemson I guess. Yeah. I this number would have to get to probably 12 and a half or 13 for me to start to consider taking NC State. Yeah, and I believe this opened around eleven and a half or twelve. So the fact that it's been bet down to ten tells you everything you need to know about how people feel about Clemson right now. Yeah, um, but I am not one of those people, and I don't think Clemson's been very good. But oh, by the way, also, who are you trusting in a big game? Dave Dorn or Dabo? <laughs> Dabo, right? Probably like, Dabo. Dave, Dave Doran doesn't really win these games. Joey. Oh, also, small subplot here. Dabo and Dave Doran hate each other. They hate each other. Believable, yeah. And Dabo is more than willing to run up the score here if they're capable, mm. right? I mean, they got to score a couple touchdowns first. Yeah. Yeah, you got to score once before you can score again. And that's yeah. been a problem for Clemson so far. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 14, 14 against Georgia Tech. You had three offensive points against Georgia. I, come on. I don't know. Uh, give me 20 Van Gorder coin on the under. I think that's that's where I'm going with this from a wagering standpoint. That's it. That's aggressive. I am, uh, I'm on the under here as well. I'm actually not betting anything on the total because I think if Clemson starts scoring some points, this thing can get, <laughs> get randomly high scoring. Uh, I, I think it's likely, but it's possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am taking Clemson with some confidence here. I'm going to put uh, 20 Van Gorder coin on Clemson. I think they win the game pretty easily, Joey. Maybe I'm totally misreading that. And again, I like NC State, and, and I've said before, I think they're very capable of being the second best team in the Atlantic. So for me to be so adamant that Clemson's going to win this game comfortably on the road in Raleigh, a tough place to play, by the way, is very weird. But I just... NC State, if they had played better against Mississippi State, be buying them in this game, right? I'd be like, yeah. okay, they could be, they could cover ten, but they just so bad against Mississippi State's front. It's really hard to get that out of my head. For as bad as Clemson's offense has been, defense is just we. That's the one proven entity in this football game is Clemson's defense. Yeah, and yeah. NC State's going to have a hard time moving the football, mm-hmm. and that's the one proven thing in this game. So. Push comes to shove. I got to go with Clemson's defense with the offense scoring just enough to figure it out. Yep. Yep. I, um, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And it's, again, it just comes back to the inconsistency piece for me, Mike. Like, you know, if they were playing this game three weeks from now, maybe I'd have a better feeling about what both of these teams are going to be. But we've seen such varying performances from both of them. And especially from NC State, again, like they haven't played a game that finished within two touchdowns either way so far this year. Like, and, right. you know, so I don't know. So, yeah, Clemson under you're on Clemson and the under we uh, we feel differently about 
spread versus total versus you know how how good we feel about it but but that's it so so there you go mike mike next game the north carolina tar heels visiting my georgia tech yellow jackets before we preview that game mike have you heard of section 103.com i have <laughs> have you been outfitted by section 103.com with a couple shirts, one of which is actually a Virginia Tech shirt now. <laughs> it's a manual update that was made after the fact. Uh, <laughs> yes. Mike, as you know then, Section103.com is your home for great-looking, officially licensed uh, Georgia Tech apparel. The shirts, the sweatshirts, so incredibly soft. I've got a couple of performance shirts that are so light, so high quality. They look great. They feel great. Uh, they'll keep you cool. They'll do all those things. Uh, they've got shirts for men, women, children. Anything you need trying to support the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets with official word marks and, and all that stuff, go find it at section103.com, Mike. Yeah, I mean, I thought I was getting one shirt in the mail, and they gave me two. So how great is that? Not not that, that was for you and I. That's not for the listeners. You're not going to buy one and get one shirt randomly in the mail. But, oh, man, I'm bad at these ad reads. <laughs> Don't worry. Steven, Steven's good people. He, uh, he trusts us here. Uh, Mike, for those going to section103.com, uh, for the first time, use promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order. Uh, Mike, the weather's starting to turn here, starting to get a little little cooler. We're getting into the fall. A little sweater I, weather action. I cannot, cannot recommend the sweatshirt enough. Um, again, it showed up at my house six days ago. It has been in my wife's possession for almost the entirety of that six days. She won't take it off. Um, she, she wears it around the house. She's been sleeping in it, like all this stuff. Uh, super comfortable, super soft. It is. It has her endorsement. It has my endorsement. I know the shirts have your endorsement. All this stuff. So go go check them out. Section103.com. Promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order. Do it. Do it. Do it. Mike, 730 on the ACC Network. The number 21 North Carolina Tar Heels, a 13-point favorite on the quote-unquote road, taking on the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Total is 63-and-a-half. I say they're on the quote-unquote road because they are actually playing this game at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta where the Falcons play. Um, for those who have not been to Atlanta or been to Georgia Tech or kind of this area, this is going to be a whopping one-and-a-half-mile bus ride from Bobby Dodd Stadium to Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And if, Mike, you're thinking to yourself, what's the point of that? You've come to the wrong place for answers. Um, I think the answer usually is money, and that's about the extent of what I can get from that but anyways uh mike this is this is an interesting spot i think because north carolina started out the year on a pretty big disappointing note with the way that they just got pushed around and looked awful against virginia tech then they came back last week and put the whooping on virginia especially in the second half and it looks like they're starting to turn a corner a little bit and by the way that slow starting tar heels thing seems like it's wearing off a little bit here as we go into week four georgia tech Comes home from a, a trip to Clemson where they almost knocked off the Tigers, of course, which means this, Mike, is now a pretty big letdown spot. I, but then again, North Carolina is like a 13-point favorite. That's a pretty big number. Do you know what to do with this? I am leaning, leaning Carolina. Mm-hmm. Leaning Carolina. Um, so... Here's where here's where I'm at here. So Georgia Tech, I think, did an excellent job executing the game plan against Clemson. Uh, offensively, sitting on the football, 
defensively what they were able to do against Clemson to really make life difficult on DJU and that offense. I do have a couple questions coming out of that game and they're not Georgia Tech's fault, (laughs) right? Goes back to what we were kind of just talking about with the Clemson game uh, with NC State. How much of Georgia Tech's success defensively specifically last week is attributable to Georgia Tech being flat out capital G good? And how much of it is Clemson really is just a total mess offensively? The answer is probably a little bit of both, right? A little bit of both. Georgia Tech's a competent defensive team. We know that most of the time. And uh, Georgia Tech's offense, at least with Jordan Yates, I think Jordan Yates is, is the guy, is the guy at quarterback. I think Jordan Yates is the guy. I don't know. It's weird. I, you know, I love Jeff Sims, but I don't. I think Yates is the guy. The offense just looks different with him back there right now. Um, so I think they just got to keep rolling with him. Carolina offensively really got things going against UVA. And that brings me to the second half of my question. How much of that is Carolina really figuring it out on offense versus UVA being really bad defensively? These are answers we don't have or questions we don't have the answer to really right now. Yeah. We we know that Carolina's got a high ceiling as an offense. Uh, Is it as high as it was a year ago? No, I mean, probably not. I mean, you lose Deami Brown and Daz Newsome, and you're replacing him with juniors and seniors who sat behind them largely uh, outside of Josh Downs and Josh Downs. Um, And, and Ty Chandler had an up and down first couple of weeks, 200 yards last week against Virginia. So again, how much of that is okay. Ty Chandler's figuring it out. Offense lines, figuring it out or Virginia's defense really sucks. So that's the question here. I'm leaning Carolina because I do think they're starting to figure some things out. But the, the number one reason why I'm leaning Carolina is because going into this game, they know what Georgia Tech's game plan is going to be. And they saw Georgia Tech execute offensively. And they know they? what Georgia Tech's going to be sitting on the football here, right? Are they? They should. But <laughs> okay. once again, do we trust the coaches to do that for a second don't. week in a row? If they don't, and, the, and that's a fair question. And if they don't, you hammer Carolina. Yeah. Because that is the only way, in my opinion, that Georgia Tech drags this thing out and has a chance to win this football game. Yep. If Georgia Tech does what they just did last week against Clemson, they are going to beat North Carolina on Saturday. If they do what they did against Clemson, I think they win the football game. At the level that they did it against Clemson. Yeah. Correct. Not just sitting on the ball and not not scoring. I mean, they got to put the ball in the end zone. But yes. Do, do the same thing you did at that level, especially defensively. If you are able to get a pass rush on Sam Howell, similar to how Virginia Tech got a pass rush on Sam Howell, and you keep this thing low scoring, that favors Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. If this thing starts getting high scoring, the game script favors Carolina with their weapons offensively. I like Carolina here. I'm going to lean with them. I think they win. I think they win by a couple scores. Um. I think this game goes under. I actually like the under a lot more than I like the spread here. But this is a really hard one to to pick from a spread standpoint. Right. Can Georgia right. Tech's coaching staff get this thing done two weeks in a row? Can they stick to their 
can they stick to the script two weeks in a row? It's been an issue for the staff over three years. That it, it, you know, some weeks it's looked really good, other weeks it's been a disaster. Mm-hmm. You stick to the game plan this week, and it, especially in a in a basically, a home, I mean, it's a home game, weird home game. Yeah, more or less. Might even yeah. be more empty seats. That, yeah. That's the other piece of this whole Mercedes-Benz Stadium thing. Is like, well, it opens up more seats for us. It's like you didn't Stop fill playing. the ones you had. Like, Stop playing college games in pro stadiums, please. Uh, for the love of lettuce. Drives me nuts. Um, Mike, I have a trivia question for you. Oh, boy. How many times has Georgia Tech scored 30 points against an FBS team in the Jeff Collins era? Oh, my God. Uh, 30 points. Zero? Twice. Okay. And it was so last not- year. It was last year on Friday nights, I believe in both cases, at least on one of them, against Louisville and against Duke in games that I believe they were combined like plus eight in turnovers or something like that. So they, they got there. They, they went way past it in both cases, I think. They were like, they scored like 46 and 53 points or something, if memory mm-hmm. serves. Like they scored a lot in those games. But again, okay. They, they, you know, the game kind of got away from the opponents and they got some turnover luck and all that. If you're not like, if it's not been like a, a turnover lucky kind of situation, this is not a team that's going to score a lot of points. They, they have not yet. Like, I think they've looked better on offense this year, at least kind of schematically and some of the things they're trying to do. Execution is still not, not at the highest level for sure. But man, like this is like you said, like if they if they try to turn this into a track meet, they're going to lose because UNC would love to turn it into a track meet. They'd love to sit there and see who can get to 51st because they know they're going to do it like Georgia Tech is not like, you know, this it's like you said, like they, they have to basically run the same game plan this week. Try to keep North Carolina off the field. And and try to just string together some first downs and, and drag drag it out and, and slow or slow the game down, limit the possessions, all those things. And if you can do it as well as you did it against Clemson, I get, I agree. You could probably win this game outright. But then, Mike, the other thing that you mentioned that I think is spot on is how often under Jeff Collins have we seen Georgia Tech able to put together two good performances in a row? And depending on what you think of the Kennesaw State game two weeks ago. That might have been the first time now to like, you know, look good against Kennesaw and then again against Clemson. So I don't know if I can trust them at all. Um, and it's a little bit risky to trust North Carolina for what that's worth, too. I was going to. Yeah, I mean, it's not like we're going with the bona fide. That, that's why I said lead Carolina. Cause it's not like, like we're going with a team with a bona fide track record of being on their game every single week. They, they like to play down to opponents every now and then. Yeah. Yeah, and if Georgia Tech's going to win this game, it's going to be something like twenty-four to twenty, you know, very low scoring. But you know, if again, if Carolina gets into the thirties, I'll say like an eighty-five to ninety percent chance that Georgia Tech's losing that game. So, yeah, and I also with Carolina specifically, you know, they they've been known for putting up clunkers, and I, Virginia Tech was a tough spot for them in an opener yeah. with all that talent. I guess that's a clunker. I'm waiting for the the mid to late September, sometime in October in conference play clunker. Like, when does that shoe drop? And is it this weekend? Could be any time. Yeah. <laughs> Could be like, any time. I'm waiting for that one. I think we'll get a Carolina clunker. Now, whether or not they lose that game remains to be seen, but I think we're going to get a Carolina clunker in conference play because I – 
I refuse to believe they're going to make it all the way through their conference schedule and not have one. Oh, Clemson always not. has one. Definitely not. You know? Yeah. The other thing I, I am interested to see here, Mike, and you kind of referred to it, is do we see Jeff Sims back in here? Um, and and I, Jordan Yates is going to start the game. Like, they're going to stick with Jordan Yates for a while, I think. But but there's there's just, like, Jordan Yates is like more or less like the safe option. Um, I, I don't think he's going to be risky and take deep shots that, that could turn into 50-50 balls that could get intercepted or... Um, you know, he's, he's not going to do a lot of the dangerous things other than like those, you know, somersault front flip <laughs> moves he made a couple times in right. the, uh, NIU game, you know, but he's, he's not going to do the dangerous things, but it's also going to kind of limit the ceiling of this offense. If this does start to turn into a little bit of a track meet and Georgia Tech's offense hadn't really clicked the first three to four drives, I think you're going to see Jeff Sims again. I think they're going to yeah. give him a chance to win this job back. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that in this particular game. I, I and I'm not saying it's the right move. Yeah, I, I'm just. I don't think they're going to go let Jeff Sims sit on the sideline, especially in a game if 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 it's starting to get away from him a little bit. I think they're going to put him back yeah. in and see, you know, if he can provide a spark and, and give him a chance a chance to win the job back. Yeah, I think that's fair if the game starting away from them. I just wouldn't be playing him in high leverage situations he's been prone to turnovers mm -hmm. and i feel like this is a game where you absolutely cannot be turning the football over with an offense that has the capability of being as high power as carolina's that's when the game can't get away from you if it's not already yeah it definitely can it definitely can and yeah it's, he's been turnover prone and i mean the thing that got him out of that northern illinois game a few weeks ago was he was basically just in his head like he yeah it was like the moment was too big for him kind of thing you know he was he wasn't stepping into throws there were just simple things that he wasn't doing right. And it seems like he was kind of shook up with the crowd there and some things. I don't know. So that, well, that and the injury, but you know, yeah, well, yeah, I, I'm done. I'm dying to take Georgia tech here. I just can't. I, if, if, yeah, honestly, if they had gone out and beaten Northern Illinois, 31, 21 or something like that. And this number were 13, I would be on Georgia tech. If I felt like, like I could trust him. It's like the NC State Rorschach syndrome. Like, no, oh, yeah, if NC State had played better against Mississippi State, I would be on them against Clinton. You know, it's like we're playing a domino effect with all these different teams, really. I mean, we're only in week four, so this is what happens. Yep, yep. For what it's worth, SP Plus says North Carolina by 15 in this game. So, supports our, uh, our UNC picks. Yeah, fair enough. All right, Carolina, Carolina in the under. I don't think either of us are putting a wager in on this. I could see it going a lot of different directions. Yeah, that's... Weirdest game of the weekend movie. No, that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> we get we got one coming up here. We got more coming up. Uh, Mike's three thirty on ESPN two. The Louisville Cardinals, a two point favorite on the road in Tallahassee, taking on the Florida State Seminoles. Mike, we're locking up Louisville. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. We're locking up Louisville, and that is why. That's not that's not a Louisville confidence thing. That is a fade Florida State thing, Mike. And, and the point that uh, was made, I, I was listening to something with Bud Elliott actually just earlier this evening, and he made the point that Florida State is without a couple of their offensive linemen, Maurice Smith, their center, and Robert Scott, their offensive tackle. And if they are still out in this game, there is not a front in the ACC that Florida State can block. And if Louisville can score 21 points, they will win this game by two touchdowns. So we're locking up Louisville. I, I, until further notice, we are just fading Florida State. And if all I got to do is have Louisville win by a field goal, give me the cards. 
Don't worry, I'm still here, everybody. I'm just <laughs> thinking. He's thinking about taking Florida State, which if that sounds like a bad idea, well, yeah, it might be. I'm taking Florida State. Ooh. I, I don't understand this line. You don't? Nope. I mean, what 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 more do you need to see from Florida State to uh you no. Know? no. No, 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 no. No, no, it's not it's not that. It's not that. It's why isn't Louisville favored by more? Because they're also Louisville and I mean they've had their share of issues too. I mean, they didn't look good at all against Ole Miss and I'm struggling to remember now. I think it was Eastern Kentucky or something. They were kind of ho hum against there in week two. It's not like they've been like I just, know, a real shining beacon of, of success and, and consistency themselves. Yeah. I uh a little bit of a letdown spot for Louisville here. It Joey. is. And I just and and again, it's not it's not a confidence thing in Florida State. And but I look at this and I just number one, I can't bring myself to imagine Florida State, and, and again, this is the same guy who told you literally two nights ago on this podcast, three nights ago, whenever it was, <laughs> that Florida State might not win more than a couple games this year, and this would not be one of them <laughs> that they would win. But I look at this, and it's a two-point spread on Bet US. Other outlets have it around one, one and a half. It's not. It's getting down to a pickup, and Florida State is zero and three. And this, this is probably Danny Cannell brought this up on Cover Three. I, I was listening to Cover Three earlier today, and they were talking about Florida State and Norvell. I thought he brought up a good point. It's like, okay, Florida State is—they got some issues on offensive line, clearly. And Joey, you just outlined they might be without a couple of linemen this weekend, and they've had offensive line issues dating back to like towards the end of Jimbo and during the Taggart era, they had bad offensive lines. 2017, 2018, something yeah. like that. I, I mean, we're, we're going on three or four seasons worth of terrible offensive lines for Florida State. But even so, like this Florida State roster isn't great for Norvell. At least it's not going to be as good as it's eventually going to be. And Norvell's already getting off to a pretty decent recruiting start at Florida State, which is encouraging for the fan base. But Florida State's not like this is the worst possible start they could have gotten off to in the in the first three games. I mean, think think about the craziness that happened, right? You have you fall down by eighteen in Notre Dame, you know, the Sunday before Labor Day, and then you you know you come back, you make that crazy comeback, and then you have some weird stuff happen in overtime. You know, you miss a field goal, and Notre Dame wins and it wins. The following week, you play Jacksonville State in an FCS game, and basically I don't even want to say busted coverage because it really wasn't busted coverage. You just literally didn't tackle in the secondary. Like you bring them down, the game's over. So it works. You're one and one. And then they lost to a wake forest team that I think would beat Louisville tomorrow. So I just look at this and this is a Florida state team that really in my mind has lost only one game definitively that they probably should have lost by multiple scores. And that was to wake forest last Saturday. I just think that this line stinks. I don't really get it. I think Louisville should be favored by more. Now they've had their inconsistencies too, but I think that, you know, Louisville coming off of an emotional win, going on the road, everybody and their mother is talking about how bad Florida State is. 
And Louisville's just kind of going in, and they know that they're going to be playing a Florida State team that might be quitting a little bit. So how does that manifest itself on the field? Vegas seems to think that Florida State has a legitimate chance to win this football game. Mm -hmm. And everything that I've seen over the first three games, because I just gave you the optimistic view of Florida State, Joey, but everything that I've seen with my two eyes over the first three games tells me that Louisville should win this game by multiple touchdowns. Why is it only a two-point spread? I don't understand it. This is just clearly this is just purely a Vegas pick for me. That's why I'm betting. That's why I'm I'm picking Florida State. I'm going with it. Little to no confidence. But it, this line just doesn't make any sense. It's fair enough. It, I mean, it is it is a bit of a strange line. You know, depending on how you think about it. Um, under, by the way, way under. Under, under yeah, under for sure. Under. Um, under, under, and I, I'm putting the, the the total here for BetUS 62. I'm on the under. I'm putting like 15 on it. Um, I got confidence in the under here. That the, the total is the play. The total is absolutely the play here. Yeah. I just, yeah. for me, you know, good, good on you for being that confident in Louisville. I just can't. And it's not really a Louisville thing either, but I just don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. It, it is I'm a confused. very dangerous letdown spot for Louisville. Um, I mean, it is easy to easy to see them come out on the road, especially at Doke Campbell. There's a decent shot that it's going to be like 40% empty. Like that is a fan base that after you lose to Jacksonville state, and then you get whooped by wake forest. Like they're not, they're not looking to come out and pack Doke Campbell at three 30. You know, I don't know. That's so, I mean, SP plus basically has this game as a pick them. So it actually yeah. likes Florida state here to cover um, and maybe to win outright potentially. Yeah, but I just I, I don't know if that's fully factoring a couple of the injuries that they've had there on that offensive line and and I mean I just uh, I I think Bud was onto something that just I don't know that there's a whole lot of he anybody, would know yeah I I don't Bud know that there's know. a whole lot of anybody that Florida State can block um and he was you know he made the point that if if you see that those guys you know again Marie Smith and Robert Scott if those guys are out for this game he's like. Go find an alternate line for Louisville minus ten at like three to one. He's like, go bet that. Like, you know, just start, just start cashing some of these tickets because it's it's going to get ugly for for Florida State. So, yeah, that's that's kind of my angle. If Florida State were to win this game, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, at some point, like at some point, you feel like Florida State is just like out of nowhere going to put it all together somehow, some way. And, you know, we won't see it coming, but who knows? This game has serious teaser potential, if you're into that. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. I'd say so. Um, it's just when when you get near a pick, um, it's just tease it. Yep. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Uh, 20 Van Gorder coin on Louisville for me. With the, <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, with the, with the, uh, the locked up pick there so go uh, 20 on Louisville and the under you have Florida State and 15 on the under so uh, we will we will see who the better man is here on this uh this particular matchup can't believe I I told you that we were done picking Florida State on this podcast and three nights later I picked Florida State I am finally finally showing some signs of personal growth here Mike uh and, and some development I have avoided picking Florida State for once. That is a that is a that is a good moment for growth. This is like when the therapist gets the patient off drugs and then starts taking him on his own. That's what I'm doing. 
Here, I'll, I'll dispose of the rest of that prescription That's, for you. Yeah, my I'll take care of that for you <laughs> in my veins. Uh, Mike, 4 o'clock on the ACC Network. Kansas on the road, taking on our Duke Blue Devils. Mike, Duke is a 16-and-a-half-point favorite. Who Speaking the, of what drugs. The, what on earth? Duke is favored by 16-and-a-half against a Power 5 team. What on God's green earth happened here? Speaking of speaking of drugs, you have to be on drugs to watch this game. <laughs> I don't like, wish that this on is, anybody. Yeah, uh, yeah. Here's here's. I'm on Kansas. <laughs> how did that just, How did that feel coming out? We're just <laughs> we're we're just slaying it. I mean, they stormed the field against an FCS school. I mean, <laughs> fuck that. Sorry, we're we're just we're going. We're just going for it, Joey. I mean, we're just off to this. Is I'm picking Kansas because there is something wrong with me. Duke forced five Northwestern turnovers last Saturday and only won the game by a touchdown. They're not mm-hmm. 16 and a half points better than anybody, even Kansas. But what I like even more than picking Kansas here is I love the under. <laughs> Give me the under. You're telling me either one of these teams is going to score into the 30s? Total is 57 and a half, by the way. And no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. One of these teams has to get minimum into the mid to high 30s, I would think, for this total to go over. And Duke is probably the team to do it. I just... I'm trying to this could be do like math 20... in my head to figure out what this the implied be... score is here. This could be Joey. This could be like twenty-three to seven, or something. You know, and and Duke. I think Duke's going to win the game. By the way, I, I want to make that clear. I'm not on Kansas to like win this thing money line. I mean that that would be. I think it's that would be something. Thirty-seven twenty-one. I think is the implied score. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Play. I think sure? Duke probably has enough in the run game with Mateo Durant to maybe have a chance at running up a score like that. I don't think Kansas is scoring a whole lot of anything in this game. I don't think they're getting past like 14. Rock Chalk Jayhawk, baby. <laughs> All right, fine. Um, I'm going to put 10 Van Gorder coin on the under. I, Why are I, you betting Duke? I Because that that's like the only good thing in this game for maybe either team is Mateo Durant. Like and and we've seen 16. them, huh? Sixteen and a half. I if Duke scores twenty eight points, they're probably covering. Big if. It, I, it's Kansas. It's what, Duke. It's Kansas. Like I, I mean, Kansas might figure something a little something out like later in the year. Joey, I think they made Joey. a good hire with Lance Leipold, but I just. I mean, they just got beat 45-7 to by Baylor. You want to talk about how much Baylor couldn't move the ball all of last year and Baylor racked up 45 points on them? Like, come on, Duke Duke is at least well-coached enough and has a pretty solid running back in Mateo Durant. Like, they're able to win this game pretty big, I think. And that's saying something about the state of Kansas when I'm saying these things about Duke in the year of our Lord 2021. They scored, they scored thirty points last weekend against Northwestern. Northwestern's historically had a pretty good defense. They forced five turnovers. 
Yeah. What would you put the spread at for Kansas playing at Northwestern? Like what was 10? the what was the what was the Duke Northwestern spread last weekend? Oh, let's go look it up real quick. Uh, da, da, da. I think it was six, six and a half, maybe. Yeah. I think Duke. Duke. Who was Duke favored in that game? I believe Duke was favor. Uh, Duke was, was a three not. point dog. Duke was a three point dog. Yeah, they were a three point underdog to Northwestern. I would probably. Northwestern, I think, would be like a, a eleven or twelve point favorite. You think against Kansas? Yeah. I mean, if Duke is a sixteen point favorite at home against Kansas, and they were a three point dog Northwestern, logic would say Northwestern would be like a twenty point favorite at home. Where's the game being played? I'd say Northwestern. I mean, it just you know keep a keep the same home home team relationship there. Okay. I don't know. I, I'm just saying, like, I, I realize we're talking about our beloved Duke Blue Devils, who are probably not very good. But I think you know, if I if I look for what's the best thing in this game, it's probably Duke's coaching and and the run game. Like, I, I think that's a lot better than anything Kansas has to offer at this point in time in their program. Lance Leipold, as good of a coach at this stage as David Cutcliffe. I, I, I mean, if you're asking what are these two guys going to do with their program over the next two years, I'd rather have Weipold over Cutcliffe. But the listeners are just screaming yeah, why for us to move on from this. this. But we refuse. <laughs> we refuse. If if you're asking me like who's going to do more with their program over the next two three years, like Weipold by a mile to me. But as far as like what they have to work with right now, today in September of 2021, I think Duke's in much better shape. So give me the give me the Blue Devils. I will give the sixteen and a half. I will not be putting Van Gorder coin on it. Um, I, I don't I, I don't hate myself too much for that. Um, uh, so, but yeah, under give me ten Van Gorder coin on the under, and I'm good. Uh, did I tell you? I don't think I told you what I want on the under day. No, no. I'll put ten on the under as well. Fair enough. Fair enough. I like it. Okay. Rock jock, baby. Let's play a Saint Cameron indoor. <laughs> enjoy, uh, enjoy sweating this game, hoping, like trying to pray for the Kansas football team. That'll no, no, no. I will not be you. sweating. I will not be sweating this with my actual money. <laughs> I can promise you that. I will not be betting, actually betting on this football game. You're better Sick. for it. I think that. What the hell do you think? That, oh my God, who do you think I am? <laughs> last one, Mike. Noon on ESPN two. La- well, last one of the ones we have spreads on. There's FCS games later. Noon on ESPN2, the Missouri Tigers on the road in Chestnut Hill taking on the Boston College Eagles. Mike, BC is a two-point home dog. uh, Missouri, lock it up. uh, You're you're getting on the home dog? Missouri, lock it up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. You lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. uh, I'm saying wow as I'm, like, very tempted to join you. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Connor Bazelak is – up and coming, good young quarterback. I just look at this and Boston College with Dennis Grossell at the controls last weekend beat a really bad Temple team, twenty-eight to three. Grossell threw for like thirty-seven yards or something like that. And I just, I have a really hard time seeing him go up against an SEC defense. Missouri is a middle of the road at best, middle of the road SEC team right now. 
but the, I just I have I have a hard time seeing Boston College's offense move the ball consistently in this football game. And I just the thing too is okay, good. Grossell got playing time or Grossell, whatever we're calling him. He got playing time and got his feet wet against a really bad Temple team. But I think this is the first time and it's going to happen several times, I think, to Boston College where they're really going to start to feel the effects and how difficult it is to move the football without Phil Dracovic, quarterback. We talked about Brennan Armstrong, what he does for the Virginia offense. Dracovic has that in spades for BC. Mm-hmm. Arm talent, running the football, he does a little bit of everything. And I think this is the first game where they really feel that against an SEC defense. I'm on Missouri. Lock it up. Mike, I think I'm joining you here. Oh, yeah. And there is my error sound. Let's try it again. I'm joining you here. Mizzou, lock it up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. SP Plus has Mizzou by about four in this game. And that doesn't really account for Phil Jerkovic being out. So, yeah. Um, Mizzou has been a little underwhelming this year so far compared mm-hmm. to what we thought they would be. Um but I just I do not have faith in this Boston College team without without Jerkovic. Like that's that is a huge loss, and I mean that that's the kind of thing that's going to cost them two to three wins at least this year. Um, that so I, I think that makes a huge difference in the outlook on the Eagles. I agree. So totally I, agree. I'm not trying to overthink this. Um, I mean, it, it and maybe I'm proven wrong. Maybe. Dennis Grossel and the boys go out there and, and win one for the Gipper or, you know, whatever. I don't know. They they pull this one off at home and look really good doing it. And maybe the faith is restored a little bit. But until that time, Mike, I'm going with your assessment being that Dennis Grossel is one of the worst quarterbacks that's ever played this game. Yep. Or something to that effect. Um, that, those literally, are my words, not mine. Yeah. Literally the worst quarterback to ever don a football uniform. That's right. That's right. So, um, yeah, whatever. Just. Mizzou is small favorite like this. Yeah. Uh, let's go 15 Van Gorder coin on Mizzou to cover. I'm, I'm going to put 20 on Missouri. Um, I think I'm going to, I, I lean over. I don't know why the total is 58. That's a little bit of under. a big number. I'm on, I'm on the under. I don't see Boston college scoring a ton. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not interested in, uh, in wagering on that. That's a, I, I, I could see this going a couple different ways and, I don't know that that number just spooks me a little bit. So I, I'll just throw out under or uh, sorry, I'll throw out over for the sake of picks on the podcast. But I don't I don't want any part of that. Yep. So, Mike, that's all we got with games against FBS competition. We got three lingering FCS games here. Let's hit on those right quick. Uh, Mike, at noon on the ACC Network Extra, uh, I believe they actually call it Pit O'Clock. Uh, noon here as the Pitt's Pan- Pitt Panthers hosting New Hampshire at home. Pitt going to get right after uh, last week's debacle, right? I think so. <laughs> they better. Yep. They better. I mean, Hampshire is not the team that Western Michigan is. No. One of the, <laughs> one of the most mediocre teams in the <sighs> mid-American conference. I am so disappointed in Pitt from last weekend. It's what they do. Yeah. I don't know. I think this is a little bit of a get-right game for them. I think they'll they'll try to work out some things that have not been working. And uh, I, I believe it's next week they make a trip to Georgia Tech, uh, take on Georgia Tech in Atlanta. Um, I can double-check that. But, yeah, so I, I don't think this is a problem for Pitt. 
I like Georgia Tech there, by the way, next Saturday. That yeah, we'll see how they do this Saturday. <laughs> well, one week one at, at a time. time with the Yellow Jackets, Mike. One thing at a time, yeah. <laughs> Noon on the ACC Network, uh, just the regular ACC Network, Mike. Your Virginia Tech Hokies taking on the Richmond Spiders. Are we uh, are we concerned about Virginia Tech having the hangover after losing the Black Diamond Trophy? Don't get anybody hurt. Do not. No. You're going into a bye. You have no redeem in two weeks. Don't get anybody hurt. And you could see easily, easily see Richmond being fired up for this game because, I mean, not only the FCS team taking on the FBS team, but also this is like a low-key in-state matchup that yeah. you figure a lot of those guys would love a chance to uh, get at Virginia Tech a little bit. So Virginia Tech, after a, after a tough loss against our five teams, usually goes home and beats the hell out of whoever they play. So I'm hoping they get it over with quickly. Yep, yep. We'll we see. shall see. And then finally, Mike, 1230 on ESPN3, check your local listings. The Miami Hurricanes taking on Central Connecticut for reasons. Central Connecticut's get right game. <laughs> Been a rough run for the uh, the old, uh, what, like Blue Devils or what are they? Something. I think they are the Blue Devils. Let's, all right, well, this is your weekly look up the FCS team's mascot. Yeah, the Central Connecticut Blue Devils. Ha ha. I'll take the points for that. There we go. Well, I mean, lucky for game. Miami. At least they're not playing Duke. That's worked out so well for them in the past. Yeah. <laughs> this, yeah, they, they can beat these Blue Devils. We know that. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. So, well, yeah. I won't, I won't get too far out of over the skis on that. Uh, for what it's worth, Mike, Derek King may well not play in this game. Uh, I, yeah. I don't think we had a chance to mention it since our recap, but he got very, very banged up in that Michigan State game, and they were taking him in. I hadn't heard the results yet, but I know he went to the doctor either Monday or Tuesday, and they were having another look at his shoulder. Uh, he might end up missing some time for Miami, which just kind of continues to compile bad, bad things for the Hurricanes yeah. here in 2021. Yep. So. Yeah, well soon. Mike, that's all the games. Uh, in the ACC this weekend. Let's recap real quick. Uh, I locked up Louisville minus two and Mizzou plus two or uh, minus two, excuse me, against Boston College. Uh, you locked up Clemson minus 10 and Mizzou minus two. I have over 68 and a half Wake Forest, Virginia with 15 Van Gorder coin under 47 and a half in Clemson, NC State with 20. Uh, 20 on Louisville minus two, 15 on Mizzou minus two, and 10 on the under 57 and a half in Kansas Duke. You have 10 on Wake Forest plus four, five on Wake Forest outright, 20 on the over 68 and a half in Wake Forest, Virginia, 20 on Clemson minus 10, 15 on under 62 Louisville, Florida State. 10 on under 57 and a half in Kansas and Duke and 20 on Mizzou minus two against Boston college. Mike, you're a volume better. <laughs> this is what I'm learning here. I realized I, uh, the only difference in, I am a volume better. So yes, agree. Guilty as charged. <laughs> the only thing is that I locked up, not locked up. I bet and put Van Gorder coin on wake, uh, wake plus four and then wake money line. Mm -hmm. So I kind of doubled up there. Other than that, I basically did the same thing you did for all these games. Pretty much. Uh, for what from it's worth, a, from a volume standpoint. Right. Yeah, that's, that's fair. 
Um, for what it's worth, Wake getting plus 165 on the money line. So Yeah, not bad. Take a look at it. Yeah, I think that's worth looking at. Um, yeah, take a look. If you start getting it at like plus 175, plus 180, that's when I really get juiced up. Then I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm just going to... We're we're betting the house on this thing. Seeing two Literally to one. the house. See two to one on a team you think you win the game? Go for yep. it, baby. Yep. Which is why you never see it get there. <laughs> uh, such as the uh, the gamblers, uh, you know, the, the curse, I guess. Yeah. Mike, other games this weekend that you like numbers on? I have three in particular. Okay. Um, BYU, around 23-point favorite at home against South Florida. South Florida is a terrible football team. You fade bad football teams, except for me when I say to bet on Florida State this weekend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, BYU is playing good football right now. They're in Provo, long trip for South Florida, and they're a bad football team to begin with, and BYU is playing some really good ball right now. So I'm on BYU there. Provo, Michigan State, my- Provo is 4,500 feet above sea level. Tampa, I believe, is about four feet above sea level. Yeah. A little bit of an elevation change there for the Bulls. A little bit. And they're bad. So Also that. Yeah. I mean, if you want to take them plus 23, I can't (laughs) stop you. I I won't be doing it. (laughs) Michigan State, minus five at home against Nebraska. Michigan State, uh, good quarterback, good running back now. Peyton Thorne at quarterback, former ACCer, and Kenneth Walker at third. He's the best running back in college football statistically right now. Mm -hmm. Might be the best running back in college football, period. He's been great. Um so we can get on Heisman odds for him, by the way. You want to start throwing some throwing some money at that? I wonder what that's that's at at this point. Keep his talking. odds will certainly come down, I imagine. And I will. Wow, we don't have a Kenneth Walker Heisman odds yet on BetUS.com. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. We'll have to keep an eye out for that because I uh-huh. agree that that could be an interesting thing to watch with the way he started this year. Yeah especially if Michigan State gets to be sneaky in Big Ten play, then it's like, okay, well, Michigan State is now ranked. Michigan State is now top 20. Now Kenneth Walker's on national TV on Saturday afternoons. So, yeah, Michigan State minus five against Nebraska. Nebraska's getting better, but they're not there yet. Uh, Utah State plus nine and a half against Boise. Boise finds a way to lose close games. They've done it now twice in three weeks. Uh, Utah State beat Air Force outright as a 10-point dog last weekend. I think that not only can they cover this, I think they could potentially win this game outright again. I, I love Blake Anderson. Mm-hmm. Love him. And Utah State's playing good ball right now. And I think that they can absolutely cover almost a 10-point spread here. Um, Boise should win. They should win. But I like Utah State plus 9.5. Yeah, I don't mind that either. There were some serious shenanigans in last, last week's Boise State game. Like They should have yeah, won that game. but They got robbed. Beside the point, yeah. I, I agree that I think Utah State may have a, a shot to go in and win. Uh, well, and they're, they're they're the home dog here, so I don't mind that at all. Nope. Uh, Mike, I'm I'm interested. I don't know if I'm going to do anything about it, but I'm interested in Illinois plus eleven at Purdue. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know that Purdue is going to be able to get separation. And yep. Illinois looked pretty decent last week against Maryland. Um, so I just. It seems like it might be kind of a per matchup thing, depending on uh, right. what they do, but we'll see. Week to week. Uh, I don't mind Kentucky minus five on the road taking on South Carolina. I don't mind that either. In, inside a touchdown, I, I think Kentucky is in much better shape than the Gamecocks are right now. Yep. 
Uh, da, 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 looking I might there. bet that as well, by the way. Yeah. That, that's one yeah. I certainly may bet on. Yeah. Um, I don't hate Colorado plus 14.5 at Arizona State. That's kind of a lot of points for an Arizona State team that's struggling to find its footing so far this year. We're banking on Colorado just not scoring any points there if right. you're Vegas, which to their credit, they didn't score any points against Minnesota last weekend. So Right. <laughs> um, I, I really don't mind, and I need to make sure this number that I'm seeing is right here. Kansas State is a six-point underdog to Oklahoma State? Huh. How about that? Uh, kind of like Kansas State. Take a look State. at that money line. Yeah, uh, that would be plus 185 on the Wildcats. Yeah, see, almost two to one. And what's our rule, Joey? That's that's where you start uh, start looking at that money line sprinkle. That's right. So I, I definitely take a look. Look, if Kansas State runs the ball like they did last weekend against Nevada and they can keep doing that with Will Howard, a quarterback, mm-hmm. who's not the most prolific passer in the world taking over for Skylar Thompson, if they're able to run the football as effectively as they did against Nevada, they may have something there. They yeah. may have something there. If they don't, then all of a sudden they're Syracuse without a running game. So they better figure something out. Right, right. O- on offense, anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Defense um, much better. And then a couple totals. I, I actually, look, I realize it's in the 40s, but Cal Washington, oh, you that's got like 20 to 17 written all over it. Like, give me under 46 in that game, and then give me under 47 in Texas A&M, Arkansas. I think both of those are pretty gross, rock fight, low-scoring games. Yeah, Cal and Washington has cheese it Bowl vibes. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, be low scoring. It's not slander either. No, it's it's not. It's it kind of is. Uh, the <laughs> Arkansas A and M game is going to be really interesting. I'm not sure if I'm betting on it. It's going to be interesting. Should be fun to watch. Yeah, last best game of the weekend probably. <laughs> yeah, last game. Uh, last question I have for you, Mike. Do you have any interest in our Bowling Green Falcons? Plus 31 at Minnesota. No. (laughs) They are going to get murdered. Yeah, might be on Minnesota in that one. Yeah, Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota won nothing against Colorado, and Bowling Green is, well, these aren't your granddaddy's Falcons, right? I might almost, instead of the spread, I might almost be more interested in the team totals. Which I'm seeing are oh, 41 for Minnesota and 10 for Bowling Green. Under 10 and maybe over 41. Yeah. Yeah. So keep an eye on that. Other than that, Mike, that's all I got. Anything else on week four here? I think we're good. Yeah. This These always go a lot longer than I think they will. But yeah. It's that, all good. You know, like I said, there's, there's some points of like growth on this show. Yeah, figuring out how long these episodes are going to go still a point of growth. I need to I need to work on. So it's all good. Yeah. So I, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go work on that and try to sort that out with my time. In the meantime, y'all enjoy the games. Uh, come find us on Twitter. I'm at FTRS Joey. He is Mike McDaniel at Mike McDaniel SOS together at BC podcast ACC. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, on Spotify, basically anywhere you can find podcasts. Go check us out there. Hit the subscribe and follow buttons. Uh, Mike, they can send us emails with questions, comments, concerns to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you. Uh, you want to tell them where else they can find us on the social medias? 
Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference rate where you find all of your podcasts there, Joey. Please do. Please do. Uh, Mike, anything else? think we are good, man. I think we are good. Oh, yeah. On to week four here. So let's see what we do. I'm excited. This 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 feels like there's going to be some intriguing games here. So I I look forward to watching them. We're going to come back and recap them on Sunday. Does that sound good? I look forward to watching most of them, just not Kansas and Duke. Yeah, I do not look forward to watching that one. Yeah, we will. uh, We'll see how that one turns out to see how much we got to watch of it. Yeah. Central Connecticut State or whatever. And then Miami might be a more intriguing game. (laughs) Miami fans really hope not. So, (laughs) well, guess we'll find out. We'll definitely be having Cam on if that game gets intriguing. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, we're gonna be getting him to clear the schedule for Sunday night. Yeah, we're sure due for a check in with him at some point soon. Anyway, absolutely, absolutely. All right, Mike. Enjoy the games. We will come back on Sunday. We'll recap them, and uh, we will talk then. Sounds good. All right. Until then, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will talk to you again soon. Enjoy the games, and until next time, go ACC. Thank you.